Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. like a consultation for an LDN prescription without leaving your home? Good news, ldndirect.com can do just that. Consultations are available in all 50 states and parts of Canada. They are waiting to help you improve your health. I'd like to welcome back my guest today, Dr. Saeed Zazala, and most people call him Dr. Z. Thank you for joining us today, Syed. Oh, thanks for having me back. I, um, it's, it's a pleasure. Well, you have done wonderful things and you're very passionate about what you do. And you're now actually licensed in all 50 states and some states in um, Canada too. Perhaps you can tell us what's been happening in the telemed consultation field since the last two years when we spoke. Yeah, so um, so I think last time we spoke uh, um, was back in um, early to mid 2018. So it's been almost almost two years uh, by the time this this show uh, goes live. Uh, um, you know, uh, a lot of things have changed. Um, the um, uh, telemedicine regulations, um, you know, are st- are still evolving. Um, uh, but uh, but there's a lot of um, new players in the telemedicine field. Um, you know, prescribing you know all sorts of types of medications uh, that are that are kind of busy lobbying the uh, regulation regula- regulatory bodies to help um, uh, open up the uh, telemedicine access. Mm-hmm. And how many patients would you say you've actually seen since you started the telemedicine? Have you any idea? Yeah, um, so I launched um, LDN Direct uh, back probably in uh, 2017 or late 2016. Uh, it, was, it was a slow go at first because I wasn't licensed in all 50 states, so unfortunately I had to turn away uh, quite a few patients. But um, but I've, 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 my, my most recent count is almost 1,000 uh, patients. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, and which states in Canada now can you prescribe uh, so um, I'm licensed in Ontario, uh, but that allows me to also do telemedicine subscri- uh, prescriptions for uh, patients in British Columbia and uh, Manitoba. Okay. And do you get many patients in Canada? I get quite a few. Um, uh, unfortunately, I, you know, I get, I get quite a few from Alberta, but I'm not, I'm not licensed in Alberta, and they don't have the same um, agreement as British Columbia does. Um, so I still have, unfortunately, I still have to turn away patients. Um, not, not very often. I mean, Alberta is not a big, um, it's not, it's not a very populous uh, province. Um, but just, it does seem to pop up more than one would expect to considering, um, you know, how, how few people comparatively speaking live there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and will you be expanding into Canada in the near future? Uh, you know, I'm not quite sure. Um, I've kind of, um, reached the limit uh, in terms of my, uh, uh, my uh, appetite for uh, uh, for for applying for licenses and maintaining licenses and things like that. Um, 
So I, I don't anticipate uh, expanding um, uh, Canadian coverage um, anytime soon myself. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking at may maybe, maybe um, seeing if a nurse practitioner licensed uh, or another physician licensed in, in, um, in, in certain parts of uh, Canada might be interested in helping. Um, but that's, that's a big maybe. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for those 1,000 patients, do you keep any records of what conditions, what outcomes they have, or are you too busy? Um, I don't keep any. I, I would love to be able to, you know, put it all together in a uh, in a, in a spreadsheet. Uh, that's kind of a um, something that's on my list of things to do. Um, uh, but um, but I have, um, you know, I, I do have, you know, I I, I I I talk to patients based on what I see patterns, um, the patterns that I see for patients. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, when I get a patient with, for example, Hashimoto's, uh, you know, I see I see a lot of Hashimoto's patients. Um, and uh, uh, and you know and I, and I tell Hashimoto patients what other Hashimoto patients have experienced with LDN. Um, so so you know feedback from for patients is critical for for me to continue helping other patients. Mm, definitely. And do you notice that the Hashimoto's patients who are on thyroid medication have to reduce that medication over time? It, it depends. It kind of depends on a variety of different factors. I do warn them, um, especially if their Hashimoto's uh, diagnosis is relatively recent, uh, within the last, you know, 10 years or less, uh, or five years or less, I should say. Um, I've had a few cases where patients start on LDN and all of a sudden they, they start getting hyperthyroid symptoms. Um, and, uh, and so I warn, warn patients, all, all patients that I start on LDN who are on thyroid medication to kind of keep an eye on that thyroid function. And um, to uh, work with their whoever prescribed thyroid medication to uh, you know to properly test and, and adjust the uh, the dose. Mm -hmm. And how easy is it to have a telemed consultation with you? Um, I try to make it as easy as possible. Um, I uh, you know on my on my site there's a you know there's a booking page um, and uh, I book I book patients for 15 minutes. Uh, and during that 15 minutes, I try to get uh, all the information that I need to make a decision on whether I should prescribe LDN or not, and, and also what, what dose um, to, to, to start patients on. Mm -hmm. And what dose typically do you start patients on? Uh, it, you know, for the vast majority of patients, I start them at 1.5 milligrams. Mm -hmm. um, but there are some clues that I look for when, when, when discussing it with patients to start patients uh, on, on lower doses, significantly lower. Um, patients who tell me they have like sensitivities to substances, you know, a lot of allergies, a lot of intolerances, uh, or a history of Lyme or chronic migraines. Those are kind of red flags for me to start patients super low, um, you know, 0 0.1 milligrams, 0 0.25 milligrams. Mm-hmm. But um, but I tell patients, you know, kind of the, the, the goal is to get around 4.5 milligrams. Um, and, you know, if you look at the studies, that's, that's where most of the studies kind of, st you know, study LDN at. Um, however, only about, only I'd say about 50% of people actually stick to 4.5 or, or I should say 50% of people find the 4.5 milligram dose the most effective. You've got, you know... Um, a good good chunk of people who need a higher dose and a good chunk of people who uh, who do better on a lower dose. Yes, I mean, years ago, the protocol then 
when I first started was three milligrams for the first month and then move up to 4.5. So you can imagine the dropout rate was quite high because three milligrams was just far too high for a lot of people to start with. And the dose probably that might have suited them long term was only two milligrams, you know. So those sure. people dropped out. Luckily, I was one of the ones that uh, were fine with that protocol. But now using a protocol similar to what you're using, the dropout rate seems to be very, very low. I mean, what do you find with patients? Do you lose many patients? Do they decide to stop taking? Um, I mean, I, I gauge my dropout rate based on my refill request rate. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it's about, um, somewhere in the neighborhood, about 50% of patients come back and ask for refills. Um, uh, I, I don't know why the other 50% don't. Um, I, I have some patients who, um, you know, take LDN, they're doing well on it. They, they, you know, they move or they run into some, you know, some issue or some people just, you know, decide to try without it. And then I lose them for like a year and they come back mm. and they want to go back at LDN. Uh, so, you know, one of my plans down the line is to kind of um, poll all my patients and, and, and get, an, get a better idea of why people, uh, you know, are not coming back from refills. Um, you know, what, what's the situation? Uh, are they getting it from their, you know, their local doctor? That, that, that's happened several times. Um, where their local doctor won't start them on LDN because they're just not familiar enough with it. But after I start them on it and they're doing well, um, their local doctor seems a lot more open to refill it for them. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I suspect that might, that might be another issue. I think so. Uh, like you say, some doctors don't know that much about LDN and they're very skeptical. But when they can see the evidence where a patient has been really sick and they haven't been able to do anything to help them, you know, and they've managed to get LDN and have improved vastly. That's encouraging for a prescriber to prescribe LDN, don't you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it would, I, I would be hard pressed to think that, that, you know, a family doctor would deny a patient a request for a refill on something that they're doing so well on. Mm -hmm. um, now, of course, there are doctors who still don't know about enough about LDN um, and uh, there's also a big stigma around naltrexone um, uh, because of its because of its um, original FDA indication um, that that doctor's like, oh no no, you know I'm not a pain specialist, you know uh, you know you're not an addict, uh, you know I don't want to be flagged by the the you know the, the powers that be uh, mm -hmm. for start for putting people on uh, naltrexone. Um, so I think I think there's a lot of that. I think it's um, naltrexone suffers from guilt by association. <laughs> um, it's it's used as an antidote uh, for uh, nar you know narcotics and also for people who have issues with um, you know alcoholism, and and so doctors automatically assume that it's only it's only appropriate for those patients. Mm -hmm. However, what I find funny is that uh, the FDA has actually approved naltrexone uh, for uh, weight loss. Um, in combination with uh, with Welbutrin or Bupropion, um, the combination is called Contrave. And so I find it funny that a lot of doctors who wouldn't prescribe LDN would probably prescribe Contrave if they were asked yeah. and if it was covered. That's, but that's a different story. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, but, but, you know, it is, it is what it is. You know, uh, you, know, doc, you, know, you know, doctors are a busy group and they don't necessarily always have time to 
keep up with the latest and greatest. Um, you know, I'm guilty of that as well. Sometimes um, we all get kind of stuck in our own little world, and um, and sometimes uh, that world doesn't include naltrexone for a lot of uh, uh, prescribers. What about mental health issues? Have you prescribed LDN for, you know, traumatic brain injury or um, post-traumatic stress? Anything along those lines? Depression, manic depression. Yeah, you know, I've gotten more and more requests for LDN for those uh, conditions. Um, I can't say it's been a huge amount. Um, this uh, but from from the you know few patients that I have had um, and have have checked back in with me, it does seem to help mm-hmm. with, with those conditions. Okay. And what about which is a shame because so, you know I'd like to see more I'd like to see more mm-hmm. of those patients <laughs> uh, because I think it, I think there's a lot of um, potential benefit uh, for for patients especially with PTSD where there aren't really very many medical options. Yes. Well, maybe the people that are listening will decide to go and book a, a consultation with you to investigate further but what about sure. cancer patients we know that um, LDM seems to work very well for some cancer patients do you get involved with that side of it working alongside of patients doctors uh, I mean, I have prescribed LDN when requested to uh, for patients with various uh, types of cancer. Uh, again, I can't say it's a huge part of my LDN prescribing practice, um, but uh, um, th- th- like you mentioned, there's a lot of there's a lot of promising uh, data out there um, that that it, that it might help. Um, I mean, with, with any condition, I tell patients, you know. There aren't any huge studies yet, you know, and there probably won't be because it's a generic medication. Um, but it's it's you know it's got very few interactions uh, with with other medications. There's almost zero toxicity. You know, the side effect profile is pretty pretty well known and pretty you know pretty benign. Um, there's really no reason why somebody shouldn't try LDN um, uh, for for various different conditions. Um, Have I lost you? Hello? No, no, sorry. Okay. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yes, sorry. I, I just thought I'd lost you there. So, no, no. Um, for the patients you mentioned, um, Hashimoto's, um, a nice new one that we have learned about the last few months has been mast cell activation syndrome. Have you come across that in your practice? I've come. I've had several patients recently come to me about that. Um, mast cell and then POTS is another one mm-hmm. that I've seen quite a bit uh, recently. Um, and then um, um, uh, EDS, uh, acquired EDS, which uh, don't ask me to pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, it's a, it's a collagen synthesis issue, um, and um, you know, originally thought to be um, uh, genetic, but apparently there's an acquired form of it that a lot of patients get. Um, Lowe's Danlos syndrome. Yes, exactly. Yep, yep. Lowe's Danlos syndrome. I could never pronounce yep. it properly. So, uh, um, but but I've I've had you know a small influx of patients um, asking about that, and I've had some some good good uh, um, feedback on on those patients. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, what about gut issues? You know, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, celiac. 
irritable bowel? I've never really had much uh, experience with celiac disease, per se. Um, I don't think anybody's really asked me about celiac and LDN. Um, I'm not sure if that, I, I just don't have an experience with it. It's, mm-hmm. it's possible it could help. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I, I was talking to a, uh, an integrative uh, physician at a conference once, and he's like, nothing works for celiac disease uh, except for gluten, you know, staying away from gluten. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but in terms of like other GI issues, um, you know, I've had a lot of people with um, either you know either IBS as their primary irritable bowel syndrome as their primary um, uh, symptom, or as part of their larger you know um, syndrome, uh, you know, the part of their larger uh, symptom uh, um, um, syndrome, and uh, and I've gotten some really good feedback on it. Um, and and there are the studies that you know that show that you know Crohn's and also colitis patients do pretty well with LDN. Mm. Definitely. The, the caveat there is a lot of times they have a hard time tolerating uh, the tablets or sometimes even the capsules. Um, so I would you know sometimes if I see patients who have uh, you know really bad uh, gastrointestinal symptoms, I uh, I would recommend the liquid preparation. Mm-hmm. Or the uh, sublingual. Yes, yes. So those are becoming a little bit more popular. Um, but the vast majority of patients, I'd say at least 90, 90% of my patients can tolerate the capsules or tablets fine. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's usually where I start because it, it is the most uh, cost effective. Mm-hmm. And what age group do you treat? Do you treat, you know, from the cradle to the grave or do you only treat adults? Um... I say that I only treat adults, um, but on request, sometimes I would I would um, uh, think about uh, helping um, uh, older children. Um, twelve is my cutoff, um, so I'd only really do twelve and older, and only if the parents available during the consultation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, there there are some some you know potential uh, medical legal issues when when treating uh treating minors mm-hmm. um uh, but on the other hand you know they benefit quite a bit from 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 LDN um so I try to accommodate as much as I can within reason mm-hmm. type 1 diabetes have you treated anybody with that i the thing with type 1 diabetes is if it's not caught in time it might be a little bit too late for 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 that um, I've had a couple patients, but I haven't heard back from them yet, uh, where um, they were newly diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and I started them in LDN. Uh, but I can't, theoretically, it should work because if you, if you can stop the uh, autoimmune attack on the pancreas and the pancreas is not too far gone, it is possible maybe to, um, to recover theoretically. I mean, this is all theoretical. Mm-hmm. Recover some, some pancreatic function, if, like, again, if you catch it, catch it uh, soon enough. Um, but that's, to me, that's kind of, from my perspective, that's kind of extrapolating from the Hashimoto's group, um, because, you know, Hashimoto's is, is analogous in many ways to type one diabetes. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but I haven't had too much experience. I mean, have you, have you heard any cases or well, I have yourself? a few people that have told me it's worked very, very well. And I can remember several years ago now, um, a doctor whose wife and daughter had MS and he was a type Mm -hmm. 1 diabetic and he had for years um, neuropathy 
in his mm-hmm. feet and he, he had no feeling in his feet. And he thought, you know, his daughter and his wife were doing so well on LDN mm-hmm. that he would take it himself. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. His diabetic really? neuropathy just went. He was mm. amazed. And he'd had it like 20 years, something like that. It was an awfully long time. But suddenly, you know, to get all the feeling back in your feet, he was absolutely oh, amazed. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm always surprised on the stories that I hear from, from patients on LDN. Um, I mean, I, I get a lot of patients who've been on LDN for a few years uh, or, or many years sometimes. And, you know, they move and, and they, they, can't, they can't find a refilling prescriber. Um, or their insurance changes or something, and they come see me, and, you know, uh, I'm always glad to be able to help help those patients just because of how well they're doing on the LDN. Mm. And, of course, LDN works really well for skin conditions like alopecia, um, psoriasis, Bechet syndrome, um, mm. vertiligo. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think of all the other unusual ones. Uh, Haley Haley's sure. disease, and there've been yeah, quite I've, a few studies. I have a couple patients. <laughs> I'm on sorry. Haley Haley Haley's disease has had some um, very good um, studies done. Sure. Which is, sure. I've seen amazing. a few patients with uh, hydronitis uh, suppurativa HS. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had, had had a couple of patients, and you know, at least one of them was doing pretty well with the LDN. This is amazing, isn't it? Uh, um, it is. What... It, it is. And, and I mean, it all comes back to the immune system, um, uh, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, Hashimoto's where we can identify the antibodies or maybe even something like chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia where we haven't really been able to identify any specific antibodies. Um, it, I think it all comes back to the immune system just, and just, you know, balancing the immune system and reducing inflammation. Mm-hmm. And what about allergies? I mean, there are so many people... In the U.S., I've noticed on my trips there that seem to watch the television, you know, how mm-hmm. high the allergy rating is or what. What do you call mm-hmm. it over there? Um, yeah, like the allergy score or the allergy uh, index. Mm-hmm. Is, um, yeah, and it really does affect to... some people, doesn't it, the the air quality? Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, uh you know, we've got the allergic triad, the, uh, you know, the atopic dermatitis, eczema. Uh, you've got the, you know, the allergic rhinitis, um, which is, you know, the runny nose and congestion. And then you've got asthma, or, or also known as um, uh, atopic bronchitis. Or, um, uh, and so, uh, so, I mean, a lot of patients have one or more of those, and, and I've treated those patients with LDN. Um, I can't say everybody has responded, uh, just like any condition, but I've seen it work enough times to uh, definitely recommend it for, for patients with any of those, uh, what's called the atopic conditions. It's mm. quite amazing. What about the topical cream? Do you ever prescribe that? Um, you mean for skin conditions? Yes. Uh, I have not yet. Um, I haven't, can't, can't say I've, I've had too much experience with the, uh, the cream yet. Um, the only time I've ever prescribed uh, topical LDN or people who just haven't been able to uh, tolerate oral LDN for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, those are kind of few and far between. So when a patient comes um, to see you or consult with you, how do you find out whether they are suitable to take LDN? What criteria do they have to meet? Um, you know, to be honest, um, like, like I mentioned before, LDN is just such a safe, safe medication that doesn't really re- interact with, with very much. Um, you know, 
I can't say I turn away too many patients when it comes to, uh, um, you know, prescribing all the end. Um, it usually just comes down to, the, you know, the dose form and, and the starting dose, um, you know, in terms of uh, a matter of, um, uh, you know, prescribing consideration. Um, I suppose really the only time I would, I would um, you know, um, hesitate to prescribe LDN is um, uh, somebody who's severely ill. Um, you know, I don't get that. I, I, I can't remember. The, I can't remember the last time I saw somebody who was like severely ill. But if you know somebody has like really advanced stage four disease, uh, cancer disease, or um, you know, or some really serious, you know, um, infection issue, I, I may hesitate to, to prescribe for those patients. Um, just just because um, you, you don't want to. You don't want to do any harm, mm-hmm. and and because a lot of these patients are on a lot of medication, even though theoretically there's not really any interaction, uh, but it's always really hard to be 100% sure. Um, and then the other times I wouldn't prescribe if anybody on, on chronic pain medication, you know, uh, you know, Suboxone, Methadone, um, you know, if, if they're kind of dependent on you know Percocets or ox, you know ox, Oxycodone of any sort, um, I would tell patients that there's there's interaction there, um, and they. There are some doctors that kind of prescribe like ultra low dose, uh, you know, for for chronic pain patients. But mm-hmm. um, but I think those those patients require um, uh, too close of monitoring for me to be able to prescribe LDN through through telemedicine. The other thing we're not going to be talking about low dose naltrexone now, but full dose naltrexone. Do you help any patients with the Sinclair method who are suffering from alcohol use disorder? I don't advertise that I do, <laughs> but I've had a few patients email me uh, and ask me. And uh, and again, given that naltrexone is a pretty safe drug, even at the higher dose, uh, I don't, you know, I've, I've, I've definitely prescribed it before mm-hmm. uh, on request. And the success rate, uh, as far as I have heard from prescribers that prescribe the Sinclair method, that the results have been amazing, and I've actually spoken to many patients. I mean, to be hooked on alcohol uh, is devastating, not just for the person, but for the family as well. And to have something that you're not told you've got to give up alcohol. You know, you don't have to give up alcohol. You take the tablet, I think it's, don't quote me, I can't remember, it's an hour or or two hours before you drink alcohol. But mm-hmm. it, it stops you from having that craving. You sure. take the alcohol sure. and you don't get that effect that you would normally get. And then sure. people tell me where, you know, they were just at the end of the day craving for a, a drink. They would still go home, take the tablet mm-hmm. beforehand get the mm-hmm. drink and where they'd have to drink several before they would slow down mm-hmm. you know they would mm-hmm. take a drink go off and do something drink a bit more without having to drain the glass and mm-hmm. i just mm-hmm. think that's amazing yeah i'm not i mean that's that's you know that's what the fda indication of naltrexone is is to help treat alcoholism uh and it and it surprises surprises me that that addiction doctors don't use it more. Um, and I'm not, not quite sure why. I mean, but it's not spoken to any addiction specialist. Uh, yeah, I have. <laughs> but it's not used in the same way 
um, that it was approved for at the time. You know, whether you took 150 milligram tablet, uh, sorry, 50 milligram tablets mm -hmm. three times a day, so you were taking 150. Now, I have spoken to some people who followed that protocol, and it just blocks all your endorphins completely. Yeah. So sure. these people just feel wiped out, empty, flat, mm -hmm. and it's yeah, unbearable. They they can't they can't mentally cope with it. But by just doing the targeting dose with mm -hmm. the Sinclair method, you don't get that total blank, empty feeling. You can yeah, still function I, 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 as normal. So I can definitely see that. Mm, I just think it is uh, great, but. There are many doctors who are prescribing it, um, using it, you know, the targeted dose, which is the, the Sinclair method, mm -hmm. uh, with great success. And there are some doctors who are also using low-dose naltrexone uh, for alcohol addiction but, or alcohol use disorder, it's called mm -hmm. now. But I, I, I don't know whether it's strong enough, that perhaps it's dependent on how long people have been sure. hooked to the alcohol. I don't know. But I do know that there are some people that need a stronger dose. Um, and a lot of them do transition to low-dose naltrexone once they're, they've stopped needing the 50 sure. milligrams. Um, I, but I must admit, I mean, I'm getting older now, and I was never a drinker anyway but i i could go out and have probably two or three drinks but once i've i can go out now and have one drink and really enjoy it but i really don't want a second you know sure. it, it has no appeal i would rather just have you know a soft drink uh, but not alcohol but many people have told me uh, on ldn you know everything in moderation, mm -hmm. but they've found that over a period of time, alcohol isn't something that they desire, put it, put it that way. So I don't know. Right. I mean, that, that's also in line with, you know, some of the things I see for, for patients who have issues with um, any kind of cravings, um, you know, um, you know, food cravings too. Um, like, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, um, uh, Contrave is a combination of bupropion and naltrexone, you know, FDA approved uh, to help with weight loss. Um, but, you know, a lot of people have, t have a hard time tolerating the Wellbutrin part of the Contrave. And so uh, I've had several patients come to me and say, hey, my doctor started me on Contrave. It worked really well um, for my appetite, but I can't tolerate the, bu uh, the, the bupropion part. Um, so mm -hmm. I put them on um, um, a, a slightly different dose of LDN. Uh, and uh, and it and it seems seems to work almost almost as well. You say a different dose. How different? What kind of? Um, dose? So I've heard I've heard there is there has been some weight loss clinics who've used LDN at 4.5 milligrams twice a day. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of the dose that I target for patients who ha who ha who um, who also have issues um, with with crave with food cravings mm -hmm. and weight issues. Interesting. Yeah, well, and that seems to work. That seems to work pretty well. I've gotten some pretty good feedback. Mm -hmm. um, you, I think you still get most of the benefits from like anti-inflammatory and the autoimmune effects, but you also get this added uh, benefit of the uh, the craving reduction mm -hmm. uh, to, to encourage weight loss. That's amazing. 
Well, we'll have to talk to you again before two years. We'll see if we can do it next year. <laughs> but we've run out of time. And what can I say? It was uh, amazing talking to you. Thank you for being my guest today. Sure. Hopefully, the next time we speak, I can have a little bit more formal, um, you know, information in terms of, you know, putting all this all this patient data into uh, in, into a little bit more formal, um, um, you know, um, uh, data so that so that so that it's a little bit more readily um, accessible. Mm -hmm. Well, what you really need to do is to get all your patients to use the LDN app, which is free, and they can add all their information. They can give you permission to access their data through the LDN hub, and it's all there at your fingertips. All the patients that are using the app, you can access their data. You can't alter it or anything, but you can view it. And then if you wanted to, you could actually select all the Hashimoto's patients and then you can do graphs and charts and see oh, who's doing yeah. well. It's all there at your fingertips if you were to use it. I've known about the LDN app, but I have not had a chance to promote it. So thank you for the <laughs> reminder. Um, I'll, I'll, you know what I'll do is probably I'll probably have to send out an email to my patients and and um, yeah, uh, and that would asking their exactly that. Well, you have to register for the LDN hub. I'll send you the links later. But it's free to uh, the patient. You get a year's free um, to start with for the LDN hub, and then we only charge you annually for the number of patients that are active. So, and it's the cost is very minimal. It's just to, to pay for itself, but it does sure. mean that you don't physically have to do anything. It's all done for you. So it might be a help. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean. Um... You know, I've, I've learned a lot and since the last time we've spoken in terms of LDN. Um, I mean, you really only learn this stuff by, by experience and, and prescribing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my methods have changed in the last two years in terms of prescribing. Um, you know, uh, the insights that I get from patients in the last two years has been, been very helpful. Um, and, you know, uh, I, I, can all, I can only imagine, you know, the next uh, couple of years uh, where, where the whole, you know, where LDN will be. Um, you know, I've, I've seen, I've seen a very good uptake in, in patients, um, you know, requesting LDN, and I think um, uh, it's, it's only going to get, it's only going to get grow. The community is only going to grow larger and larger, mm -hmm. and that's that's all all for the better, I think, for all of us. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me. Would you like a consultation for an LDN prescription without leaving your home? Good news, LDNDirect.com can do just that. Consultations are available in all 50 states and parts of Canada. They are waiting to help you improve your health. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, Linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.